was like a Morkie. And uh, if I got this money, I would buy myself a cute little Morkie and just walk it around all day, every day. And they were like, like trying to do, be like, oh yeah, we're having a normal conversation. Like I can't make it seem like you're, I can't make you feel uncomfortable or make this awkward, but like trying to be like, what do you say to that? Right. <laughs> you know, like, also, like, oh, okay. Is this particular um, Morky? I think it might have not a... been a Morky, but it was something that sounded like that. Is a Morky a real breed of dog? I don't know. I don't know That's what I'm breeds, saying. I was like I think Morky. it might have been. It's like a, something in a Yorkie maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh no, somebody else had a Morky. But Wait, regardless. Wait, is a Yorkie mixed with a poodle? Like, is a hypoallergenic a Yorkie a, a Porky? I, a Porky. I, <laughs> Maltese sounds like a That's dog. a falcon. I know it's Aye. a falcon. But, um, is that a? But that's a bird movie. Maltese falcon. Isn't <laughs> yes. that a movie? Yeah, it's a movie. Yeah. That's okay. Um, I know movies because I'm on this podcast. Right. I know TV shows. Uh, I know movies. I know reality TV. I know all of it. I'm sick. so good at everything. I was joking because I don't sick. know anything. What do you want to do this week, Stephen? What do I get rid of? What do I want to get? rid of um well as you know um i i don't talk about it very often but i have been are doing you gonna say this again recently. oh my god and uh season arc sometimes i because it's like strenuous i feel like it's like you know exercise which it is however uh you know that like impetus to reward oneself oh, after yeah. one exercises always that's a dangerous game yep. when it comes to the yogs because because I hate that you're not getting like the reward you're not getting the not the reward you're not the level of impact like if to reward yourself for uh like a yoga class mm -hmm. you know in terms of like the calories that you've banked mm -hmm. is like no. you get to eat like a chewy bar <laughs> like beyond that yeah you've exceeded yes the deficit you've built up it's and true. like the other day i had to like go to the gym after already like working out in the you morning had to because listen okay i went to trader joe's and i was like you know what it, it'd be fine i'll i do want to get chips and hummus and I knew I that I can't control myself, <laughs> and I was going to eat a whole thing of hummus. Mm -hmm. I knew it. I would not be able to control just myself. Just hummus. Just hummus. It's not, though. Okay. It's not. It's hummus and chips. But, but also, a container of hummus of is hummus. not nothing. Like, it's not nothing in terms of the impact. A lot of, of chickpea. Now, the, uh, oh, yeah. I'm like a human tube of toothpaste at this point. <laughs> then, um... Gross. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. That's a great I image. Didn't do that. Um, but the then 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 I was also like, but I still want the hummus for later. So I got two. Oh no! You ate yeah, them both. I, I ate them both. I ate them both, oh. and I ate the whole bag of chips. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I added mm -hmm. that up, and I was like, holy shit! <laughs> I've like eaten this. Thank God I haven't eaten anything else. Like I had a I had a like protein shake in the morning, but I was like, thank God I hadn't eaten anything else. But, like, shit, I got to go to the gym and, like, work this off. And then mm. as I am, like, literally on the whatever cardio machine that I was on, it doesn't have an easy name. Um, like, it doesn't have a it doesn't have a name. It's the thing <laughs> where, going, like, your going. feet are, like, swinging and, yeah. and it's not an elliptical, but I don't know. Um, and then I remembered that I had had a lunch. <laughs> I had had a separate, like, lunch. And I was like, fuck me. How much longer am I going to have to stay at this gym today Damn. than I thought I was going to have to? Like, this is... 
why I should have known that like I if I want to reward myself, then I can buy myself like a complete cookie and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Or like mm. buy a one bar, which I did. I debated buying a second one. I would have been better off just buying Be a two bar. Two bar. I got there first. <laughs> uh I'd have been better off doing that. Oh man. Um so Wow, so all that Really, I just want to get rid of uh, like workout rewards. I don't know what Mm -hmm. I'm going to get rid of, but everyone can like deduce, uh, uh, can deduce myriad problems with the story that I just told, and (laughs) pick your own adventure. Pick whichever one you want to get rid of of it because you know I am a flawed, I'm a flawed human being. Um, we love you for your flaws, Stephen. I gracias. And do know that because you're going to España. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, yeah, I hear you hear you workout rewards yeah it's like because also that i think has something to do with how we think about working out and it's Mm. like if you yeah like the reward in an ideal world would be like just doing it and how it feels you know Mm. we don't live in that world Mm -mm. um nope it's transactional so i was gonna say something else and then your story reminded me um i i I went to the gym the other day and i usually go in the daytime in the morning oh but i went oh. at like six you o'clock after, oh yeah on monday in big january time. big time and you can imagine all these people with their fresh new year's resolutions uh-huh. or maybe also just like maybe really they're just, just normal people normal that work people. nine to five and they get and they go yeah after work. oh my god yeah. and i was wait i usually i start with the treadmill mm-hmm. and they were all mm-hmm. full mm-hmm. and there was like a line but a line of people like there's no place to line up right. so people were just like prowling waiting and there were also like six machines that were broken apparently oh jeez! and i was like what do i yeah Yeah. um at at blink they have these like punny little circles that they tape on there and it says on the blink whenever anything's broken oh yeah yeah yeah. sure sure sure. yeah yeah um yes they have those but they don't say that frustrated Yeah. yeah uh yeah uh and so then i ended up using that machine you were talking about because i don't ever even i was like is this an elliptical i guess i'll use an yeah. elliptical but it wasn't an elliptical it was that which apparently is different i don't know yeah because it's and, more intense you felt that it yeah was it was more intense. intense i was yeah it was intense yeah. um and i don't know what i want to get rid of but i wa- didn't like that experience yeah so i want to get rid of going to, i will no longer go to the gym at night which i didn't do anyways uh-huh. but i've learned my lesson and also fix your machines planet fitness right. and that whatever that machine is is hard yeah, I yes. also think it's like when I when I, when I'm in that situation, I always like remind myself. It's like a, a funny little rule that is irrelevant because generally speaking, hitting on people at the gym, um, I feel like it's like a mythical thing to do. Mm. That that like, like I don't. While there's like hot people at the gym, always in doing generally speaking, like the hottest things as they go to get hotter. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like. <laughs> you're obviously going to be like cruising at the gym. However, it's definitely a situation where like it's probably not appropriate mm-hmm. to be like hey uh what it, it like it, to 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 like uh, I don't know, make any sort of romantic advances. Mm. Um I I I never and also in the event that I've seen someone do it, it's always been a douche. It's yes. been like Hey girl, you need a spotter. <laughs> You've spot. actually seen you that. You go lift that weight. You gonna lift all the weight. You should have some. You should have some weight for you. Girl. I feel like you. You know, like I'm not. I yeah. I, I just 
There's yeah. no way. Uh, and you like to the, do the, it. the pressure to like not be conflated with the like uh, like a gym rat being an asshole mm-hmm. is like so great that you'll I'll just never speak to anyone. However, I do think that it is funny that like there are times where I'm like, whatever you do, don't hit on a woman in the gym after 5 p.m. Like, like, uh, basically you should hit on someone with the same work schedule as you mm. because like obvious or more importantly, I should be, if I'm going to hit on a woman in the gym, she, it should be when she's working out in the daytime because it means that like she doesn't have an office job that puts her at work <laughs> nine to five. And so she'll be understanding about me not having one. Whereas like if uh-huh, she'll like, get the wrong impression, well, if, if, if it's you, like six 30, yeah. then she's like, what do you mean? You don't, You're, you like, don't work at a bank. Right, like, right. What have you been doing all day? Right. Um, yes. Yeah. So, or it's just like women are judgy. No, I'm kidding. I know it's like, not what you're saying. No, let's, I know it's not what you're okay, Patriarchy touches us all. We are all infected with uh, mm-hmm. expectations about uh, really anyone's income and really class. Uh, what does Mark say? Um, uh, preservation that Mark? like marks. Oh, <laughs> did you think Mark? Said, what does Mark what's, say? What's Mark say? Mark. Um, Mark, Mark no, no, no. Mark. Marx was like in in capitalistic society, like bourgeois marriage becomes a tool for class preservation and so like there is an inherent bend towards like you know regardless of whether or not it's related to the oh the man should make more it's definitely related to like oh well i'm not going to engage in what i see as a reduction of my social class Mm. um i wish our show was a drinking game and i could make you take a shot every time you said something it's pretentious. Not douche, it's not fucking douchey. No, it's not douchey. Marks, okay? It's not a bad yeah. thing. I'm just saying. Anyways, I love you for your I love you. Thank you. Um, should we you're right and you're right, and so is Mark. And should we continue? <laughs> yep. 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 Let's continue on. This will be a interesting one. We're in 1993. Uh huh. Oh, sorry. You did no. a whole spiel. Wow. Wow. Just go. Um, Would you do it? Well, I then? guess you already know that you're uh, that this that we're should we keep this and that we're the cultural review podcast that you know and you love and it looks back over the past 50 years of film, music, and television to challenge your nostalgia and get at the question: <laughs> Should we, we keep, keep this? this? I guess you already know that because Gina felt super comfortable. Yeah. With the fact that I'm Stephen Amoskis, and as and she, we said, and oh. she's Gina Stevenson. Because she's already about to say that today we're talking about. What are we talking about? Jurassic Just Park. kidding. <laughs> and Schindler's List. I didn't find 1993. it. 1993. I wasn't. Tr- <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. This is where the jokes stop. Well, so not quite. Jokes, we'll talk about Jurassic yeah, Park yeah, and then yeah, but, I honestly don't know how to But then proceed. we'll get to Schindler's List where the jokes can really start. Um, yeah. That's a good joke a, as well. <laughs> was it, I felt like it was Kay. sour. So um, um, because this is just a... Uh yeah, this I kept it simple this year this time this for the year because actually I was kind of impressed. Oh, I mean, this. I feel like this has the I feel like this is one of the only ones where it's like I think I can guess what you were gonna say. Oh, you want to say it on three? Yeah, okay. well, the, but but well, implied this is the year of colon yes. the year of three two one Steven, Steven Spielberg, Spielberg and John Williams. Oh, and John Williams. Both. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. it's crazy. Yeah, they I, both did both these away movies by that. and. What different movies to put out in one year that well, you created both of? I'm I'm gonna jump the gun on my portion. Um, Uh-oh. But this is 
uh, another one of the. I feel like we've seen this a couple times. Like this, you know, you like. Uh, I don't know if you remember when Anchorman Two came out. That apparently, like Adam McKay was required by the studio to make Anchorman Two um, before being allowed to being before in order to be greenlit for the Big Short. And so what he did, uh, so basically he wanted to make this movie and then the studio had had the screenplay for, he wanted to make Schindler's List and this, but the studio had had the screenplay for Jurassic Park floating around Mm. and they were like, okay, fine with you making this lower budget movie, but in order to do that, you have to direct this other movie. Oh. So he like had to direct Jurassic Park in order to be greenlit for Schindler's List. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Even though, because I also read that he was hesitant about uh-huh. making Schindler's List, yeah. but still, eventually, like the yeah. choice was made for this first, and then because he was always Jurassic a Park. producer mm-hmm. on Schindler's List, um, and then like he didn't want to make it. He had offered it to uh, Scorsese. He had offered it to mm-hmm. um, Kubrick. I thought Scorsese would have been a weird choice because I feel like uh, I feel like he would have the impetus, like the desire to keep it as a um, like helmed by a Jewish director. Mm-hmm. I don't believe I think Martin Scorsese is Italian. I don't think he's mm-hmm. Jewish. Uh, but and he he I did say apparently that like after he had contracted Scorsese that he had felt that he had like he got cold feet basically because he he felt like he had gotten um he'd given away like his opportunity to really do something about the holocaust and that's apparently apparently he gave he like i don't know i don't know how this works in the movie industry but sure but like martin scorsese originally wasn't slated to direct cape fear the remake that came out with uh, robert de niro in the early 90s and the reason that he was able to direct cape, the reason he directed cape fear was it was like like a consolation to the fact that though he had signed on to do schindler's list spielberg was like uh retracting that offer um but then he had still offered it to someone else um billy Wilder was in consideration, and that was after Scorsese. So clearly, but Billy Wilder's Jewish. Billy Wilder's parents uh, survived the Holocaust. So like, there was it was seemed like okay. I'm I'm comfortable. If I'm if I'm not going to direct it, I would be comfortable if it was like a Jewish director. Um, yeah, hmm. but then apparently he, one of the reasons that he was like I'm going to do this, is because he felt he was feeling passionate about their uh, apparently post Berlin wall, but like reincorporation of full Germany, there was like a rise in the early nineties of mm. uh, neo-Nazis of, and of Holocaust denial. And so he was like, in response to that, he was like, I'm going to helm this. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, well, I guess we'll start with Schindler's list then. Cause you were talking about it. I was planning on starting with Jurassic Park. I think we do need to start with Jurassic Park. Okay, though, thank you. Because I feel like when we have the debate, we need to be debating. We can't Jurassic go from Park the debate first. about no, I, I agree, the but then there you were Park. talking about it, so I, I didn't know what to look, do. You know, you okay. jumped one gun, I jumped another Jurassic gun. Park, you're right. these days. This was the top grossing film of 93. Um, so here's the plot. Um, industrialist John Hammond, who's a very wealthy, smart man, um, 
creates a theme park called Jurassic Park, featuring cloned dinosaurs and prehistoric plants. Uh, what? Spoiler. Yes, this is all a spoiler. Um, on an island near Costa Rica. Um, but after a worker is killed by a dinosaur, oops, Hammond's lawyer demands that he gets experts to certify the park is safe before opening it to the public. It's a big oops, Stephen. It really is a big oops. Um, he invites paleontologist Dr. Grant and paleobotanist Dr. Sattler, who have both who've been dating and working together for a while, um, along with mathematician slash chaos theorist Ian Malcolm to Jurassic Park to give their yeah. stamp of approval. Um, so good, so good. Jeff Goldblum, uh, in the role of the lifetime, a lifetime for him. Um, upon seeing real life dinosaurs, they are obviously amazed, but also a little skeptical and worried about the implications of the park. Uh, Hammond invites them along with his two grandkids to take a tour of the park. Well, he will oversee it along with his chief engineer, a guy named Ray Arnold from the control room in the visitor center. So they're like going out in this Jeep to do the whole park tour, and Hammond is is back in the visitor center. Uh, meanwhile, though, a disgruntled employee named Dennis Nedry, who is the lead computer programmer for Jurassic Park, has agreed to sell some dinosaur embryos to a rival corporation to make some extra money. Um, so while the tour is underway, he collects the embryos and heads out, turning off all the park security system as he does so, so that he won't get caught. Um, with the security systems down... A T-Rex breaks free of the electric fence, attacks the car with our heroes in it. Uh, Nedry is the only one who can turn the security systems back on, but his car crashes and he's killed by a dinosaur. And so the rest of the movie is them all trying to survive, trying to save each other, trying to reboot the security systems to contain the dinosaurs. There's a whole bunch of the movie that is that portion. That's the gist of it. Um, eventually they do manage to escape with their lives, everyone except for the lawyer who got eaten right away by that T-Rex, uh, and they leave the island on a helicopter, deciding not to endorse the The lawyer's not the only one that dies. Of our troop of Well, I guess if we're, are we considering the five to be like, I mean, of the five. Well, everybody else has escaped. Muldoon is dead, gets killed by oh, the Velociraptor. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Samuel okay. Jackson gets killed by the Velociraptor. You're right, a lot of people yeah. do get killed. Yeah. I apologize. And in the book... In We're not book, talking about the book. I mean, we'll talk a little bit about the book. You go ahead. But in the book, good transition. Hammond gets eaten. There's a book. <gasps> really? Yeah. Ooh, justice. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, tell us about this film. Right. Uh, this is another uh, Spielberg Kennedy joint. We talk about. We've talked about uh, Kathleen Kennedy. That like she's. Uh, I believe we probably talked about it in '82. That was our, that was our that last E.T.? double. That was E.T. That was E.T. and Poltergeist. Oh. Yeah, another summer of Spielberg. Wow, man, look at him. Um, yeah. He, who I mean, this dude is who knew he was so right? well-known? I mean, but also now, like, doing it, I'm like, oh. Because Steven Spielberg doesn't do, like, so much now. Mm. But, like, looking back he at this, I'm like, wait a minute. Did you everything. Did this and this at the same time? That's unbelievable. That, like, crazy. Um, the So, Michael Crichton... Uh, conceived the novel actually as a screenplay first. And then, so he was like working on that and working on both at the same time. He then like, he wrote the screenplay and then uh, Michael Kep is his, uh, David Kep is his name. Um, he did like the final rewrite, which apparently took out a lot of violence. 
wow. I'm like, wow. Uh, I really cannot imagine about the <laughs> what the violence was before that. Mm. Um, and he's gone on to do like crazy big films. He was like Mission Impossible, uh, the uh, I think the, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man. So like the uh, Andrew Garfield ones, and then Angels and Demons. Like those are just three that I picked. But like his filmography mm. is big term. Um, our well-established um, people are uh sam neal's like 20 years in jeff goldblum 20 years in richard attenborough like half a century in laura dern laura dern who i have recently decided is i think the most likable person in all of entertainment wow like anytime you watch laura dern do (laughs) anything except in the don't bring star wars that's what i was gonna bring in because that That was was not her fault that was not her fault though Uh, like i mean have you uh, like i mean i can't imagine anyone doing that role better because it sucks but it was it just was hard to see her her. in uh (laughs) ellen her in this her in even in like marriage story when everyone like all the posters are like marriage story the most life-affirming film to come out in the past. I'm like, it is not life-affirming. It, like, it so. is, it's just people yelling for two hours. But then, you know, Laura Dern is, like, awesome. She's mm. so great in it. And, like, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, It's it sucks to go on the record. I, I'm, I'm not thrilled by ScarJo, but I do say she had, like, a, five minute like one shot uh monologue mm. like one take monologue that sorry are like we talking wonderful. about um, um Laura jurassic is park one of the okay great, great, great. likable people next in all of next She's fact absolutely okay um <laughs> but this movie does give us fucking bd wong in film like he had already yeah. he had already um done m butterfly mm-hmm. but this was like one of his first big film roles, and he's gone on to do loads of television, loads of film. He's continued to be in the um, the M Butterfly film after this. Um, I don't know, but his broad uh, yes, I'm sure that it was, mm. but because uh, but his Broadway debut was in '88, um, mm. and he's the only actor. Same year, '93. Sorry, continue. Oh, like he's the only actor ever to receive and I uh, the Tony, the Drama Desk. The Outer Critics Circle, the Theater World, and the Clarence Derwent Award for the same role. Um, I never heard oh, of the wow. Clarence Derwent Award, Nor have but I. it's apparently it's um, it's an award it's an award show for it's done by the American Actors Equity, but it's four shows that run on the West End, mm. um, and like he's the only one ever to have all five of those, and then Ooh. yeah, um, amazing, all for the same role, all for the same role. Wow. And then, yeah, I also think he's he's definitely. I, we can't speak for the entire history of all cinema, but as far as the movies that we have talked about on this podcast, he is the first Asian American actor who really like he he is somebody who his brand mm. is professional, like a professional. He is not, you know, like we we have talked about like. Pat Morita and Happy Days, and we had talked about um, different people who it's like, you know, their their legacy paved the way for 
the future, but they had definitely been stereotyped in the roles that they were playing. Whereas, um, like, he is someone who, I mean, with the exception of certain stereotypes around the professions that, that Asian professionals go into, he's the first one that, like, his ethnicity does not seem to be a part of the roles that he plays. Um, yeah, and then this is also, like, part of the breakout for Wayne Knight, a, uh, a.k.a. Nedry, who, a.k.a. Newman, Newman, that, like, that was, you know, Seinfeld came out in, like, 92, mm. and this came out in 93, so, like, this is... At first, I was like, "There's no way this is his breakout," but it it yeah. is. Uh, oh, this is amazing. like his his rocket ship. Yeah, <laughs> cool. and then the fun fact <laughs> about the two kids is that the 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 kid the Tim, this was his like this was the sixth film, but he um he was the bass player in Bohemian Rhapsody, um and then the Lex Ariana Richards is apparently a fucking uh, she's a studio artist, and she does sporadic, so the sporadic film work that like really just goes into funding her like art. Um, and so yeah, like the <clears throat> cool the culture of this film, like the looking up basically the film poster is super iconic. Um. There's, you know, the, 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 it's become the beginning of a wildly successful franchise as a fifth installment slated for uh, 2021. Ugh. The um, now this also has a lot of overt references that similar to Aladdin have become references to um, this movie, mm. like, you know, the big gates are a reference to King Kong so much so that J you know Jeff Goldblum actually references like oh what is this King Kong right. um that was my best Jeff Goldblum but it'll get better it, I was hope good. it gets better as we uh -huh. go on um <laughs> and then the water in the cup mm, shaking, uh, shaking. Um, when the that, when the dinosaurs when the di step. yeah um that is apparently a reference to the China syndrome and then the eating of the goat is like, or like lowering the goat into Velociraptor um, pen. Yeah, and the, well, no, no, it's not oh, that. Oh. It's the um, wait, oh, the one where they leave it out when as he, bait. No, it's when the Tyrannosaurus eats the goat and then turns to look at the people. Oh, that like, there's a lot of similarities that people clock, and we know that they're good friends. Um, in the way that the Tyrannosaurus did that, and the way that the Rancor mm. eats the woman and then looks at Luke. And then uh, also Star the raptors Wars. in the kitchen are very heavily modeled after the shining. Oh. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So cool. it's like a, a thing where um, the reference, like it's making references or paying homage mm -hmm. um, or just deeply inspired, depending on how you choose to define. Um, and yet the things that, like it, it now overshadows the things that inspired it, uh, and in a, I think the two biggest quotes maybe, uh, clever girl, and life 
finds a way. Mm-hmm. That um, one, yeah, yeah. The show. How how have you watched this movie recently, or like how? Old? No, I didn't watch it a lot. I had probably only seen it like once, maybe twice before. Mm-hmm. It was never like a one that I watched a lot as a kid. Yeah. I don't think that I even watched it as a kid. I think I first watched it as like a teenager or in college, maybe mm-hmm. even. What about you? Yeah, like I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, now that you said that, like I feel like this. I feel like the the ubiquity of this film makes me feel like I've watched it a lot. Yeah, but I actually don't know how many times I've watched it mm-hmm. in full. Yeah. Um, I just feel like it's just a thing everyone knows. Right. You know, everyone right, knows right. Dress Totally. Park. Totally. Um, yeah, and then there's also a lot of uh, there's a couple of references to it in Wayne's World too. Yeah, like Never this saw part it. where they get lost looking for Wayne stock, and then. Like, they're like, what's going on? Wait, you hear that? And then the, like, mm. water shakes, and they pull the map down, and there's a Tyrannosaurus Rex mm. outside, nice. and then they're, like, screaming. Um, yeah, it... Silly. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, and so um, this is one of the... Watching it in full, there were definitely some things that I picked up that I did not pick up before mm. um, in terms of not even just, like, like we talk about coding and things like that. Literally the explicit reason for the story taking place. Um, yeah. So that's okay. Well, let's leave it on that, that mysterious that's what I've got note. To say about that. Um, okay. Yeah, so we'll talk intrigue. about intrigue. Gotta have it. Um, yeah, we got to talk about Schindler's List. Yeah. yeah no Is it appropriate to it's, talk like this. No. <laughs> I mean, Australian is probably the only. Th- Appropriate accent. Well, actually, Kennelly was uh, Australian. Kennelly? They got Kennelly or whatever. They got there with the book. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So it's uh, um, relevant. Great. I will not do it in that accent, though. Um, so Schindler's List, yes, this was the Best Picture Oscar winner of 93. Um, so it's set in Krakow, Poland during World War II. Um, when it starts, uh, the Germans have forced Polish Jews into the overcrowded Krakow ghettos. And uh, a German man who's from Czechoslovakia, named Oskar Schindler, who's a member of the Nazi party, arrives in Krakow in the hopes of making money. Um, And he enlists the help of a local Jewish official named Itzhak Stern to rally the Jewish business community to become workers for an enamelware factory that he wants to buy. Um, And he really does this and sort of hires the Jewish workers uh, in the first place because they cost less than any other workers that he might find, and he's looking to make a profit. Um... Meanwhile, the war gets worse. Uh, concentration camps are being built, and rumors about the true evil of the Nazis are like circulating, but nobody really believes it. Um, a high-ranking SS officer named Amon Gerth. Amon, I was like, I, I kept yeah. on not in short, being sure how Amon. Amon. They like said it so fast every time because it was yeah. Amon. Amon. Goethe, um, arrives in Krakow to oversee the construction of a concentration camp there. Uh, When it's completed, the ghetto is destroyed and the Jews are transferred to that concentration camp. Um, All the horrors of the Holocaust really become the, you know, mounting antagonist of the film. Uh, I won't go into them in great detail. They're very horrifying and really uh, explicitly showed. Um, But Schindler also sees all of this happening and he's profoundly affected by this massacre that's taking place. So over the course of the film, his desire to sort of use the, the Jews as workers to help him make a profit turns into a desire to help them. Um, so he carefully maintains his outward allegiance to the Nazis and his friendship with Goethe, who is truly evil, we find out, 
um, while also working with Schoen to save as many Jews as he can from being sent to Auschwitz. Um, and he manages to bring, I guess, I don't know the exact number, but o- over 1,100 Jews to a new factory that he's mm. built in Czechoslovakia, saving them from being killed. Um, and he does this by buying them from Gerth, using his whole new fortune to do so. Uh, when the war ends, the Jews he's saved give him a ring with an inscription from the Talmud, which says, whoever saves one life saves the world entire. And it ends with Schindler sort of, you know, leaving to go into hiding because from the outside perspective, he he's like, I'll be seen as uh, someone who used slave labor and, a you know, a criminal as well. Um, and he sort of breaks down, racked with guilt that he didn't save more people. Um, and the movie ends with a procession of the real life Schindler Jews who are like, you know, today um, or when the movie was being filmed, accompanied by the actors who played them all placing stones on the grave of the real life Schindler. Um, that's the movie. Yeah. And, and the movie, it we've already talked about the Spielberg's like struggle to find a director. Mm-hmm. Um, the the the. Bigger guy in the in the in the story there's a guy who's like much larger his name is uh Pfefferberg his last name is Pfefferberg he the reason that we have the story is because he made it his sort of life goal Mm -hmm. to get the story out there and let and make sure that people knew about him and the work that he did and uh about the they're often referred to as uh it's called Schindler Juden and the Schindler Jews exactly. translates to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he apparently, Spielberg, he, he had always had concerns about his own maturity and is like whether or not he was mature enough to make a film about the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And so like he pressured this, um, like the studio to buy the rights um in 83 hmm. and said then that he would not make the movie for 10 years wow yeah really um yeah hmm. so uh and then to make it he he there was a film a documentary uh, like a 9 hour documentary that came out in the mid 80s called the Shoah and a lot of the um that's sort of where he got the inspiration to film Schindler's List as though filming a documentary. He wanted it's black and white because he wanted it to feel like it could be of the footage mm-hmm. of the time. There were no steady cams, there were no zoom lenses, and there were no like elevated crane shots and things mm-hmm. like that. Um and because he didn't want any of that kind of uh filming technology mm-hmm. to date the right. movie. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, as far as the the crew is concerned, um, or the the cast is concerned, he had a lot of interest from like every major like male star in Hollywood. The reason that he chose Liam Neeson, who he had just seen on Broadway in Anna Christie, the reason he chose him over Mel Gibson, Warren Beatty, um, Kevin Costner. Can you imagine if Mel Gibson? I'm sorry. Keep going. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, like oh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Anyways, but he didn't. He deliberately did not want anyone with star power 
so that their celebrity overshadowed mm. the content of the movie. That's why he went with with Liam Neeson and then Ray Fiennes. It was his third. It was like his third movie. He wow. had barely done mm. anything, and and Spielberg apparently when he auditioned him, like basically the only thing that he could have done mm. where Spielberg saw it was probably uh he had he was Heathcliff in a production of Wuthering Heights in a film version of Wuthering wow. Heights and and so like he saw that auditioned him said that he felt Spielberg said that he I just thought this kind of fun, you know it stood out to me he said that he had to have Ray Fiennes because he there was this an immediately perceptible sexual evil <laughs> that came from Ray Fiennes. And who like, plays you see Girth. It. Who plays Girth. Yeah. Um, yes, you definitely do see it. And then oh. uh, Imbeth Davids plays, she plays Helen Hirsch, who mm-hmm. um, Ray Fiennes pulls in to be his maid. Mm-hmm. And this was her, only her second movie. Wow. Um, she goes on shortly to be the the teacher. Miss in, Honey. Mm-hmm. I know. That's what I was like. In oh Matilda. God, Miss Honey. Yeah. Oh no. And then she plays Lane's wife in Mad Men. Mm. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, Did you already say Ben Kingsley? I didn't or bring I up Kingsley he, because he's he established. Like we mm, didn't sure, talk. Sure, sure. We would. We didn't do God. Right, right, but, like, right. but we, we would have talked about yeah, him. Like yeah. he's been in films yes. for, for yeah, yeah, much yeah. longer than he plays even the ten years. Stern. That he, yeah, yeah, he plays Isaac Stern. Stern. Um, yeah. Now, the most common because this movie is so um, sensitive, like the issues. You know, a lot of times people are just like they leave it. There's not too many things where people are pulling no, right. it out. I mean, the most the the closest thing that I can really think of, which sounds bizarre, um, Spielberg felt that the reason that he there's a moment where they have Shabbat mm-hmm. and when they light the candles, you can see the color of the candle. And there's also a, a little girl who is walking by with a red coat and Spielberg felt that like the meaning of like the symbol he he used the phrase like the symbol of life is color. Mm-hmm. And the only film that I can say that like I think references that conceit is probably Pleasantville. <laughs> um but I but, but it's a it's a stretch. It's well maybe not I don't a stretch, actually think but it's, it's a stretch, but it's not something that makes sure. you go, Oh, Schindler's List. No, um, certainly not. The <laughs> majority I... of references to Schindler's List are like in comedies about people not respecting Schindler's List. Mm. One of the like we've you know talked about uh pre 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 live pre hot mic um is the Seinfeld episode where they're like making out in the movie theater in oh. Schindler's List. Um, yeah, and then also like a, I don't I've never played the game Half Life Two. I don't know how big it is. I'm not a big I'm not a game not a gamer. Uh, but but a lot of it was based on. Uh, the movie, like a lot of the scenes were mm. pulled from the movie. Does it take place in World War II? I think I it guess? must. Oh, wow. Yeah. Had, had you seen the movie before? I had, yes. Um, you know, maybe this is not true that every Jewish family has at least seen Fiddler on the Roof and Schindler's List, but, you know, 
we definitely saw it. Yeah. I don't know if I saw it any more than once. Um, I definitely remember thinking, assuming that it was from way earlier, like mm. watching it now. I had a moment like 20 minutes in where I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Whoa. Yeah. This is 93. Cause it just truly right. successfully, I feel like creates that feeling feeling. Um, but yeah, I definitely seen it at least once. Uh, it's so not exactly a present. film that you like. You need watch to see and then you go, multiple I'm times. I'm gonna watch that again. Yeah, it was really hard to watch it yeah. again. Um, but yeah, it definitely, definitely had seen it before. How about you? Um, I like that is you know uh, this one is a wild movie because I have seen it once before. I was uh watching it in prep for doing a Holocaust play, and we were watching it. The day that we like got together at a friend's house to watch it, like it, this is kind of a, a, a long story, and I'm gonna tell it. Um, a friend of mine, so like, I had a someone who was like kind of my friend, and then somebody who was, um, like a budding friendship, and then both of them were budding, but one was longer established than the other, and. Uh, but I was uh falling for this other one, uh, and the newest and so bud. The yeah, always falling. Okay, for the okay. Bud. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, uh, it's my fault. And then we go to watch the movie, and I sit on the floor next to the new bud, uh-huh. as opposed to going and like squeezing onto this couch next to old bud. Now, the reason is because <laughs> that day uh-huh. I found out that, or no, that was the day that uh, my uh, grandmother was like, begin. it wasn't the day that we found out that she had like a really aggressive kind of leukemia, but it was like the day that one of her treatment started, she had to go into surgery or something. And it was like really traumatic. And so I was like dealing with that. Mm. And so I like just wanted to be a in this back corner closest to the door and be next to the only other person in the room that knew mm. IE new bud and old bud was like, Steven, you want to sit over here? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'll be right here. And then you sure? Yep. Steven, just sit over here. No, it's okay. I I want to sit here if that's all right. And that was, like, apparently that was the end of Old Bud. I didn't realize, but, like, I took clippers and clipped that bud right off. It never got a chance to grow into Your a friendship. full flower. Yeah, okay. Apparently. Just got to clarify. Yeah, well, well, New Bud was living with Old Bud, and Old Bud said to New Bud God, that Steven. they're, <laughs> like, wilted. That they like wow. they refre- like That's was very like sad. I, yeah like it ended over seating arrangement yeah over a seat I was like I was like pardon me but maybe uh, old bud needed your you. presence um, because watching that movie would be it we hadn't started it yet I mean I okay, think that she sure. had an idea that she would yeah. but like at the same if you're time, watching it as research for a Holocaust play right you probably have yeah. some idea but like. I just think that that is the dumbest reason to hold a grudge because like, oh, so-and-so, I mean, what are, is this like sure, middle I, school? I, like, oh man, so-and-so it was next to Becky G and, uh, uh, you know, okay. now Sarah P is saying that Becky G is, uh, yeah, like what? 
what world is this? Mm. Um, but yeah, that's so that's the, my it. That's only your... <laughs> other time I watched it. Steven. Got it. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, shall we Let's vote? Please. Should we vote? Let's shall. Yes. Okay. What? What? When? Don't. No. Please don't. Okay. Okay. It's not <laughs> crazy. I. Sorry. No. Yeah. No. We'll just say okay. one, two, three. Uh, one, one, two, three. three. Keep both, them both. both. Yeah. Both, you're saying. I do. I do have significant keep. reservations. Wait, are you about saying both of them? To get rid of both or keep them both? Keep when them you say both, both. okay, okay, I couldn't tell. When you say both, it's hard to tell sometimes. That ours, is accurate because but sometimes, sometimes we're like both, too, and sometimes so, we're like both. It's true. Yeah, so keep them both. Is we, what we're as saying. Long as this finger points in both directions. I'm happy. Both statements can be true. Um, uh, both. Let's start with Jurassic Park. What are your yeah. reservations? My reservations about Jurassic Park. Um, s- predominantly surround Laura Dern. I-, I think that like this movie has a lot of problems with um, like absurdity, but that's something that we've like gotten with Spielberg before, where like he clearly he is interested in like the most entertaining shots, and so like you know the there's a number of things that like. There's the, the the mention where they're watching the the ride, like in the ride, um, the mm-hmm. lawyer is asking the doctor if the, the Hammond if any of the dinosaurs are animatronic, but he doesn't he doesn't know the word, so he says auto erotica, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's not something that a lawyer would have said. Mm-hmm. A lawyer would have not have done that. That's just like a joke mm-hmm. to be in the movie. Um, Wait, and that has something to do with the Laura Dern thing question. No, no, no. Or? The thing oh. about the Laura Dern thing oh. is that I honestly oh, that cannot tell. Like part of me is like, she's, we, Hammond establishes that they are the foremost uh, scientists in their field. Mm-hmm. But, and, and that's why that they're coming into the park to evaluate mm-hmm. what the situation is. But I could not help but feel like, despite as progressive as it might be, that because so much of her part in the movie kept being about, at least while her and Sam Neill were in the same place, mm-hmm. about how he should be willing to start a family that I'm like, oh, is this because you wanted to have that be a part of the movie, but you couldn't justify her presence without without that? Mm. Well, to me, I, I think it's, I mean, it's the, the B story of the movie is definitely like his feelings towards like kids. And it is about like Actually, them. I think the B story of the movie technically is Nedry, but like whatever, we can talk about that. I would say the B story because the B story, at least relating to the, anyways, we don't. I think relating I think to the, the plot, like, relating to the main character. The arc is is about that, yes, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily. Well, the I think it's the B story because Nedry dies yeah. ha- less than halfway through the movie. So I don't. I, 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 no, I don't think so. I think he actually he, dies like maybe halfway through the movie. Yeah, but still, then the B story would just end. But anyways, that's why uh, I think it's sure. the kids. Um, but I think that like so. Part of it, I think, is like the emotional, like the emotional storyline, right? right? And like 
but I so which is more to me about like how he feels about children as like mm. creatures than about like we should have kids like that's it's sort of like because starts like that kind of maybe but then like it's really more about the other part and I feel like Laura Dern's character like at first so I mean part of it the problem I think is that like as a paleobotanist being brought to a place where it's like all about the dinosaurs and yes there are like prehistoric plants but the plants are not the thing that we're like oh the plants right. Even you know though, like the first like, thing we <laughs> encounter is a poisonous plant it is not the scary thing right right, right. so like I think like I it, unfortunately she has less uh expertise right. to demonstrate in the beginning uh, because like so much of it is about like what there really are dinosaurs. I even um, wondered if making her a paleobotanist was a way of like in some way, m- like choosing a realm of like ancient science that was in some way more feminine. I mean, I think it just would have been like if they were both paleontologists. Like, um, why do they both need to be there? You know, like that they had to be two different things and i don't know that like paleobotany is necessarily very feminine like i know it's about you know it's like plants and stuff but like i mean it's more than flowers steven uh (laughs) but but to me the big thing is like i ended up i I have these questions towards the beginning and then like i ended up really loving her character because like i think she both is like a complete person in that like she is this expert and the scientist and also you know, wants to have a family and like she can, ha- she can have both of those things be part of her character. Um, but also like the having a family does not get like hit over the head too much to me. Like it kind of goes away. And then also that like she, um, she ends up like, I just love the fact that she, en- like Malcolm, the Jeff Goldblum character ends up being the one who gets injured. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she ends up being the only, the one who like has to do all the badass like running around and like solving problem stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, which is really cool. And, and that like, um, I mean, some, there are some moments that are like overtly like, okay, dude who wrote this, like, yes, we get it that you're trying to be feminist, okay, you know, well, where she's we'll like, talk about we'll talk about exactly. workplace we later. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. crisis situations or whatever. But I do think like, you know, she's constantly being hit on by Jeff Goldblum. And like, I really liked how there wasn't, the movie just like didn't make a big deal out of it. You, you know, like she was playing dumb. You don't think that like the character was written really stupidly in that scenario? She knew she was being hit on, but it was never like, uh, Did she? Yeah, she was, and sometimes she was kind of flirting back. Yeah, you know, and like she's like Alan, look at the water. I'm like, you would yeah. say to your boyfriend, like, oh, look at this guy that's flirting with me. He's well, but that's what I'm saying head. is like she didn't go to her partner to be like defend me against this dude. Um, she, you know, she was like she thought. I think the movie had a perspective that Malcolm was being super obviously like slimy, and so she was like playing into it sometimes and then just like totally ignoring him you know um and then the fact that like the retro the vengeance sort of is that like he gets completely out of commission and she has to like save the day is like the movie being like yeah we don't we care less well, about he, this guy being a cool also guy indicated in the fact that like he's right sure but he we start. know he's but also like the two of them that it's really just that hammond was wrong it's not that sattler and Grant were wrong because they come and they're like, right. he also, you know, Malcolm too is like, this is amazing. And also it's going to fail, yeah. you know, which is basically what they said as well. Now, um, something that I'm very happy about is that it was, she was changed in the 
film mm. from what she is in the novel, yeah. which is Uh-oh. his like lead grad student. Oh, so like gross. if it had been that too, I'd been like, oh man, yeah, Oops. that would suck. That would have been another thing in this movie that didn't age well, mm-hmm. like when she says about his interaction with the boy who thinks that velociraptors aren't great, like aren't aren't scary, and he like deliberately scares him. She goes, if you wanted to scare him, you could have pulled a gun on him. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oop, that wouldn't, that would have been. Yeah, no, they would cut, cut that. Out of that. Cut that. Yeah. Cut out uh, of there. Yes, agreed. Um, yeah, but yeah, and I really like how, like, their relationship, too. Like, we never, maybe at the end, and now I'm forgetting, do we ever see them, like, kiss? kiss? Or anything? I don't, no, I don't think right, so. Right, and it's kind of like, there's even a point in the movie where Malcolm is like, are you guys together? You know, and like, mm-hmm. and the way Sam Neill responds is like, yes, we are together. But like the movie isn't trying to show them all sexy with each other all the time. Like it's clear that like they both think that the other is their equal and is like really smart and they love working together and they're super like nerdily excited about their work. Um, and I just, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm so, the, the, the while I agree with everything you're saying, then there'd be a scene where she's like digging through the dinosaur shit, which like, yes, on the surface is like, oh, she's not afraid to get her hands dirty. Mm. She's also doing it in like short shorts in a squat, which is like terrifically unsterile, which she well, would Well, she wasn't know. expecting to go into that situation and dig through dinosaur shit. She was expecting but she wouldn't, it's like, hot, it's in Costa right Rica. Next, she, I mean, yeah. <laughs> also, like those yeah. pellets were like like the size of a fucking pecan. Which and pellets? she's going to climb oh. the pods of the. Oh, the thing that she's that trying to. Yeah, toxic. yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. But also even that, like she stays, you know, they all, the rest of them are like, there's a storm coming. And so they're, the rest of them get in the Jeep right. and she's like, I'll stay behind and like finish this up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Malcolm, I feel like is the one who's like, what, you're going to stay, you know, but like she and Grant are like, yeah, yeah, I'll meet you later. You know, like they're right. kind of know. a miracle that somehow that decision, which is obviously crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. Ends up being the safer decision i know yeah no i mean like logically as far as the story it's like insane but as far as like her and like her need for being protected or whatever like it's pretty great Um, Uh, in terms of other like more absurdities about like the 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 glitches in the park that he's like just trying to steamroll open i was like first off the fact that they as a group they're like in the in the seats and the thing comes down as they're like rotating when they're in a ride that's like in the theater mm-hmm. that they're able to just push up that bar. I'm like, I know if that's what you could do in your like roller coaster thing to keep people from leaving you, this is fucked up, man. <laughs> and then they're like, when they get out of the cars, I think it's Samuel L. Jackson. That's like, told you we should have put locks on the doors. I'm like, <laughs> The doors don't lock. Right, right. Into this like top secret like laboratory. Right. I know. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like they yeah. could just get out of the truck. You like, I mean, for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, what? And then also, yeah, I mean, I, I think that I didn't realize that this movie, I think that Richard Attenborough isn't playing, is like framed as like kind of a good guy. And it totally distracts from the fact that like, He's evil. Wait, this is Hammond? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, that guy is evil. Uh-huh. What we I mean, what do we learn? A worker because of poor safety regulations is 
like ripped yeah. to shreds and eaten by a dinosaur. And yeah. he's pissed that he's going to have to have people do down. inspections because right. it's going to slow things down. For sure. And like he's, and so then he, we, we learn that there's all these other failures and their safety precautions. And yet he just wants to steamroll this thing open. Mm-hmm. Like he is no, it's true. evil. Well, and, and yeah. And like, you know, he is also like incredibly, it's the thing. Yeah. Cause like he's done something that's never been done. And like his eagerness to like mm. share that and to be, to gloat about it right. is huge. And so like, he's a great evil character in that like, Yes, you're right. His core is all these, all these like bad negative qualities, mm. like truly, you know, pride and greed, you know, are actually right. driving him. But like he is convinced that it's about like love for humanity or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, and then he learns his lesson. And he makes a statement 30 years ago. Should get eaten by made, a dinosaur. He makes a, a statement that 30 years ago, I don't think people would have had like a huge deal about. But like now it's like, Ugh, is that he when he's talking about his like this wildlife reserve in Costa Rica and he's like, you know, beats the hell out of the one I have in Kenya. I'm like, ugh, like you're just like a dude, like you just no, go yeah. Around, like, I mean, he's just like up. also yeah. a white guy buying up whatever yeah. land that's cheap and right. like making an attraction so that tourists, you know, yeah. will come to that place. Yeah, it's like you know. let me just displace. Yeah, you know. Lesser advantage people so that I can have rich people come and look at stuff. Right. But in the, you know, he loses and like rightfully so he loses. So, you know, yeah. 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 Um, Uh, I was really impressed by like the effects. I was like, these really like, it looks real scary and like real good. You know, I was amazed. Were you watching one that had been touched up with CGI? I don't think so. Because I was, and no. I gotta say, like, the touching up of CGI actually is like more off-putting or alienating, like it than always the original sh- animatronics. I believe it, because like that's like with all the Star Wars movies when right. they like re-release them and, uh, and it looks terrible. Yeah. But yeah, so I think I watched the original because I was like, oh, this looks great. All the auto erotics, mm-hmm. animatronics. Yeah. Excuse me. Auto erotic animatronics. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. I bet. Th- I mean, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Toys. For all the voyeurs out there that just want to watch a robot go to town. I mean, um, yeah, I uh, I yeah. did wonder like something that was bothering me, but I think that like it was something that I it's hard to get in the mind of somebody who doesn't it live in a world where computers are ubiquitous. You know, mm-hmm. second time I've said that word on the podcast. Good um, word. That. They they do a lot of describing mm-hmm. what words mean, <laughs> you know. And I also wondered like, what is even like the general conception of dinosaurs in popular culture, or in like like what is the general consensus on them? Mm. Because clearly, it's not very informed. Because this movie is called Jurassic Park, and almost every single dinosaur that we see featured is from the Cretaceous period, but. It's just way less appealing as a right. You can't. You can't sell that. World. Cretaceous Park just doesn't sound. Well, I feel like probably our collective like cultural understanding of di- like interest in di- I don't mm-hmm. know like that this movie probably had a big impact on that because yeah. I mean, it was the first popular movie about dinosaurs. Right, and like right? It, it, it talked a lot about 
them. It talked about different kinds. Misconceptions. Um, right. You know? and, and, yeah. And, and yeah, big time about like misconceptions mm-hmm. and like going into different things about their like cold bloodedness. And then like, but they would always, they would just do the thing where they would say it like they might say it. Mm-hmm. And then repeat the, the the like layman's definition. Yeah. Um, where Laura Dern would be like, oh, endothermic, self-regulating temperature. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know what endothermic meant, so I said right, thank you, Laura Dern. Not, but it, it just keeps happening. It's something not real. Yeah. And it does keep happening. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Unix is a type of system that has like gone from existence, but it's interesting that the the what is that unix is You're the not type of computer system E-U-N-U-C-H. that she was using unix great it was the type of computer system that they were using in that she's hacking into mm-hmm. where it's like you're literally traveling to a file on the computer and i had to google it to be like what did unix systems look like because this looks like a very poor this looks like someone who doesn't know the first thing mm-hmm. about quote hacking which we learn in the in this movie is just going to different files but you gotta know which like, file to yeah look that's at. true you know like at the time navigating a, if we still have yeah. people who are like so how do i save it oh totally in like a work file right computers were not ubiquitous yeah, like yeah they were yeah um and so sometimes when they talk about computers it's a little bit eye-rolly to the way that they're describing things, mm. but it's also difficult. Like you have to have the sort of compassion if they're talking to an audience that is not computer literate mm. in the way that we are now. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. And it did Unix looked like that or like it yeah, was Unix looks like that. And Wild. Uh, also there was a TV show. Did you ever watch that TV show reboot? Nope. It like takes place in the world of a computer and it's basically it, looking at a Unix system. It's like, designed to it's like definitely modeled after that mm. um oh. also in wayne's world 2 she's uh, the 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 woman that like garth falls in love with um not uh kim basinger um because he they have their affair in the middle but then later she um he's she works at the permit office and he looks at her and he's like uh that's a Unix book. And so I never, I'm like, what's Unix? Like, oh, I <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was a necessary part of it. I talked about Wayne's Additional Wayne's World 2, yeah. Oh, rule of threes, I'm scared. It's so, going to come out back one more time. Get ready. Um, yeah, I was just thinking also like why, like why I want to keep the move. Like, you know, not just like, oh, I didn't find anything bad with it, but just like trying to like really identify what the like keep Thing was rather than being sort of like meh mm-hmm. and i feel like i well both oh just smacked my notebook um i i feel in. like and it's not like a huge it's a like fairly new notebook it is a new notebook it's new for this podcast wow um i i don't like think there's something necessarily incredible that like we have to watch this movie but i feel like um it is like this the story it's telling is like a good one as far as like hubris and like especially with all the coming out in the early 90s and like compute like all this technology that was Mm -hmm. new you know and like it's a lesson that like we still could learn today you know with CRISPR things like that we're like yeah exactly quote unquote 
perfecting gene editing technology right. even now. You know? Right. Yeah. And like this, this, so this like thing of, you know, just like, because just because you can do something doesn't right. mean that you should, you know? And, and I feel like that's a helpful thing to think about. And I also do really love, I just like really like the relationship between Laura Dern and Sam Neill mm. and, um, and it was like funny and, and just like really effectively like thrilling at a lot of points. Um, where like, it was, yeah. So I just am like, I would love, I, I didn't see any others except for Jurassic World, the first one with Chris Pratt. I saw Jurassic Park 3. Um, and I feel like probably we don't necessarily need all the other ones coming after right. it, but I do feel like this one is a really, it's really fun and it has a great message. And I think to me, the representation of women, of this one woman female character at least. And then the, you know, the fact no, that the, mean, grand hacker, the granddaughter like, is a hack, is the one yeah, who like saves, saves the day at the yeah. end. Um, is great. It's not great that the only, well, at least the only two black people, black characters who I can think of both die, yeah. you know, like one in the very beginning is like the first person who dies is the only black guy who seems to be working at the very beginning. Um, you know, but, but like, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, like his, his character is like, you know, his role in this place is right. really interesting. And like, he's, you know, really like he's a funny he's character. Like funny oh, I feel like, like hold on, hold rest. on to your butts is maybe oh, yeah. a maybe a memorable line from this. Right. But yeah, he's like the head of security there, and like, um, you know, mm. so so yeah. So I feel like it's still at the end of the day like about white people, but um, other yeah. than that, that there are some great things about it. Now there was one thing in the movie though, and this is the last thing I think that I'm ready to say about it. Yeah. Uh, which is a. The, something that the movie that wasn't made that I want to see mm-hmm. is that numerous times, and I, I wonder if it's in the book. I don't know. Numerous times, dinosaurs were sick. Yes. Yeah. I was so and curious about that. There was some. There's like, you know, I don't know if it's just you know, in Cove 2019, but like, I'm so curious if. One, because also it was set up in the movie because Tim, the Tim, the little boy, is saying like, "Interesting, your hypothesis about the extinction of the dinosaurs." Because you also, I read this this other guy's book, and he was saying that it was actually because of disease that killed the dinosaurs. And so it's like, mm. is there a world in which, like, in like a year, all the dinosaurs are dead because mm. they don't have the ability to exist with like the contemporary pathogens? Mm. And then also, is there a world in which they are able to communicate said diseases to humans? Mm. And is there like a new world of like viruses and things that we're having Mm -hmm. to deal with because we're in contact with these, yeah, these new animal species? That'd be really interesting. Yeah. Like that, I thought was like a setup part of the movie that Mm -hmm. it it like, yeah, it became like a red herring. Yeah. Or just, you know, like it. Yeah, because then it just was about surviving. Right. And then but I don't, I don't even think the movie was aware of it yeah. as being a red herring. Yeah. It was more like it was just kind of casually setting up this thing, but ignoring the fact that it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, agreed. Yeah, I hope that hopefully the new sequel will like be that and not the same yeah. thing over and over again. That's the thing. You can only have one time where it's like this setup of like, it's a great idea. I swear. Right. Let's have people come see dinosaurs. And right. then the dinosaurs obviously kill everybody. Like you can't, they just can, they keep doing it. And it's like, you can't use that same premise every time. Right. 
But anyways, um, I'm ready to move on if you are. Oh, I am. Look at that. Ready. Je suis prepped. Great. Um, great. Uh, yeah, I mean, this, so Schindler's List is just, I mean, I, I was amazed, first of all, we've watched some long movies in the mm-hmm. course of this podcast, and this movie is over three hours, and I, I just felt like the storytelling was really effective, like, it was mm-hmm. really engrossing the whole time. Um, the documentary quality that you're talking about feels, like, super important, and, like, it's clear that this movie, like, is trying to tell this true story with great care and respect and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like there's, yeah. And so I just like, think it's really beautifully created and like really an important, especially like you were saying, I didn't realize like the time it was made, the sort of Mm -hmm. the resurgence of like neo-Nazis and like all these things where it just like was a super important movie to make. Um, and really hard to watch in a, for good reasons. Um, but what I'm really curious about your, reservations um so there are a couple things that um have caused sort of like controversy in terms of the reception of the movie Mm -hmm. and some of them i don't really have access into others i do like what the one that i don't have access into was um there was a strong so when when the movie end at the end of the movie and they're placing the stones on the grave, um, there's they're playing a song uh, Yerushalayim Shel Zahav, that is apparently like a post Six Day War Zionist song that was made to like reference mm-hmm. the Six Day War, and people were being opposed to that in Israeli showings of the film, they replaced that song. So it says to me that there's like, I don't know, there's something about the sensitivity of that song that people felt was inappropriate. I don't really have access into that, so I can't really speak to it. Like saying that it was making that making it into like a not propaganda, but like a message about like Zionism and like Israel. Well, while I would, so that's something that I would think. Mm-hmm. However, you said they took it out. They in took Israeli it out in Israel. Right. Like I would get it if they changed it for like Egyptian showings uh, because, you know, like the mm-hmm. Six Day War was predominantly between Egypt and Israel over the Sinai Peninsula. And so I think I'm doing that right. I think that I hope I didn't, I'm not conflating. I looked up a number of their, yeah. like they have a lot of short period conflicts mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pretty much all of them were with Israel slash, not Israel, uh, Egypt slash the Arab League as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that they removed it for them, I, I I don't know if it's like a, if that song is like too important, and then mm. the movie, but the they didn't want it to like become Hollywood, or if they thought that it was taking this movie that should be apolitical mm-hmm. and making it uh, politicized. I, mm. I I was struggling to under, understand okay. that, which is why it's something that I don't really understand um, and don't have access into. Now, people did dislike the very sort of, as we talked about, Spielbergian, like, entertainment-oriented, virtually jump-scare scenes, which, of which are really two. One, when Ray Fine's gun keeps misfiring, mm. um, this, uh, this worker, he, like, has him make a hinge, and... 
he makes it and so he and Ray finds his timing him and he and so he's like trying to make it as fast as he can and he goes oh that's very interesting that you made it so fast that's so great so tell me you've been working all day why have you only made this many hinges now it turns out that it's because there was a the machines are being recalibrated and so they put him on another job and that's why he was making them making so few so he was like about to like wrongfully execute this guy but Ray finds his whole point with pretty much any time he kills anyone is that he can kill anyone mm-hmm. and he will. And so he's decided that he's going to kill him. And so his, and like his gun keeps misfiring and he keeps loading it, checking it misfires mm-hmm. again, changes guns, can't fight like misfires again. And so then finally he just like pistol whips him and, and storms away. And there's not, really a larger like a metaphorical reason for that it's and so some people didn't like that and the other thing that people didn't like and is the shower scene that you learn that they're that they're they're gassing people and the women get wrongly sent to auschwitz and they get stripped they shave their head, which is what you've heard happens to the people that get gassed, that, they, that it's in the bath and inhalation room, and they put people in, and it looks like showers, and then they're waiting and waiting, and then water comes out. Mm-hmm. That, like, that was, like, a deliberate... I mean, I'm sure Spielberg would make the de- defense that it was literally the world that they were living in where like people went into showers thinking they were going to die and then it was just water um and and so like he was trying to show i assume he was trying to show that reality but people found the time particularly the woman who made the documentary the showa um that that was like basically like an abusively Hollywood gag in a way. Um, Oh, I mean, I really love, it's funny because both of those moments really, I found really powerful actually, mm -hmm. because, because they both seem to me to speak to this big metaphorical theme of like the absolute arbitrariness of Mm -hmm. so much of this, you know? And like the gun misfiring is like both like incredibly, stressful because each time he clicks it it's like that could have been his life you know um but like he ends up living for something that he that he didn't have any say over and he would have ended up dying for something that he didn't have any say over you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so like that just that like really stood out to me in a in a like in a way that is was not overtly gratuitously like showing uh like the atrocities in a way that like so much the movie was doing, but that like in another way showing us sort of like these smaller atrocities, which is at the core of the whole thing, which is just like, it's so arbitrary and and meaningless. And then the shower one, I mean like, yeah, I felt, I mean the same thing of like entering with this fear. And I think it, it just like positions the audience so much in the perspective of the women who are entering that space. And so like somebody, so I like, it just like, the powerful empathy that that like gives a viewer, which hopefully by that point they would have for these women, but just like, you know, is really intense. And, and then like, and so much of the movie too is like this, 
false, this like arc of like hope and despair, hope and despair. And the ways that like, you know, like it ties to me to the thing, the conversation that they have earlier and like throughout of like, I heard this is happening. Well, they won't do that. Or like, we're lucky we're here. You know, like it could be worse, you know, that like this like arc of this human need to like find hope and keep living despite, you know, mm-hmm. horror. And the, and like that moment for me too was like despair and hope super inter intertwined, you know? Right. Um, but I also, you know, but I see it could, it could be seen as like a, um, manipulative mm. movie moment, I suppose, you know? Yeah. And then the other, the other two things which are, could be framed as the same thing mm. is, uh, many were upset at the fact that the movie is told that it's a movie that has it's at its center to non-Jews, mm. to Germans at the center of this movie about the Holocaust, and that it also uh, sort of presents the the Jewish people as agentless victims of the of circumstance. Um, how did, I mean, yeah. how do you feel about that? Well, I think one of my last notes that I wrote in my notebook was that like I actually like this movie to me seems like a movie about like about allyship, maybe. Mm-hmm. And like I think it would be like having having like Schindler as, you know, one of the main character in the movie, um is an opportunity to like have another angle and narrative on like on humanity that I think like if it was you know like if the Jews or if if it's Stern or like whoever was the central character um we immediately understand how that person feels and like you know that like no matter and we might see them take action and struggle and try and whatever and like um but I think like finding taking Schindler and and like showing somebody become somebody realize that like the world that they have been a part of because they've never had to question it like realizing how horrible it is and like taking that step which is then the next hardest thing of like actually working against it um against you know every thing that like you've probably assumed to be true because at the beginning of the movie he clearly doesn't seem to care about jews you know, like, I think that's a really powerful thing um, for people to see that can cross into so many other categories of, like, this need to to communicate the idea that, like, you can change your mind and, like, you can um, realize, like, if you are on the wrong side, you don't have to stay on the wrong side just because that's where you've been, you know? Um, and so to me, like, this, this, like, him being an ally in the end and, like, doing what he can to help, but also still, of course, like despairing that like it's beyond, like it's too big to have really changed. I, like to me, it was really powerful and, and made a lot of sense. And I thought it was like very, a smart way to do it that could like, com- could speak to somebody else potentially in a totally different situation. Who knows, you know, um, who might identify with Schindler. Um, Cause that's, you know, the thing that I would want most from a movie like this is like somebody who, and not saying that it's about, 
somebody who is like a neo-Nazi, uh, but like, you know, who might see themselves in some way in him and see that there is like a path mm-hmm. through, you know? Yeah. I mean, especially if, if we're in a climate where, I mean, obviously there is uh, a need for movies that like empower people and say like, you know, just don't like in these situations we see it with, um, movies about like slavery and civil rights and things it's like yes no look this wasn't something that was just like happening to you that you were a victim of that like you like there were all the you know there were people there were like your ancestors your people like took action into their own hands like they're you know and it wasn't just like these white savior characters like Mm -hmm. i could see people wanting those narratives told like that's but i also think that if you're in a climate where like so many people are where if you're in a climate where you feel like there's this rise in denialism and this rise in neo-nazism that like you also want a movie where like white people see the evil Mm -hmm. and like can have another like role model basically Mm -hmm. to pursue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, for sure. And I thought this, you know, and it, it went really into so many interesting hierarchies, like, and obviously this, you know, still like they weren't the main characters, but like all, it was so fascinating to see like within the first part of the movie, especially like within the ghetto, like the Jews who became, who were like the police officers Mm -hmm. essentially, you know, and like, people informing on each other or like being put in positions of hierarchy, like and power. Like, so I just thought it was like, it did such a, it went so carefully and so intellectually into like the, the details of Mm -hmm. so many levels of society on both sides. Um, that like, yeah, that there were plenty of, of like, uh, of Jewish characters who were, they were all, you know, like, complex and like trying different things throughout to like you know survive but also you know find their place or you know live not just survive you know and so it just was really interesting to see all of that yeah and you know for as many as many like detracting articles that one can find you know there's also plenty of of pro articles and and so what I really started to then wonder is when you have a, m- a movie that is affecting that or that is relating uh, something of this magnitude, like it, there is almost this thought spiral of like, well, because you can't tell everyone's story, it's like, I mean, can't like can you then tell one person's like because because i feel like everyone you know like it's just a sensitive thing Mm -hmm. and i think we've i don't you know i'm blanking on the times but i think that we've seen it a couple times in the past and with with different like sensitive topics and it's like how do you yeah it's a question of you know you know you cannot please everyone in any situation um and is there a situation in which like the fact that 
you can never please anyone is like, I don't know, a, a deal breaker. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah. Like if, if people, if we all tried, if like the movie industry especially was trying to please everybody, then we would have like only Jurassic parks, you know? And like, right. and, and right. so like, that's, um, it's good that there's controversy because it means that people are like tackling important things. So like, yeah, it's sometimes of course, you know, yeah, it's obviously important how you do that. Um, mm. but, um, especially, I mean, yeah, with something where like literally, you know, a world war was like fought around it. Right. There's no way that it won't in some way be controversial and be super close to so many people. Um, but like, it, it to me it just seems so like all the moments in this movie especially where like names being typed out or like people right, saying yeah. their names like th there's such a sense of like you know it's really just about like remembering this thing that happened and like doing its best to mm -hmm. to tell that story and to honor it you know and like um yeah so i yeah would want you know all the controversy makes sense and also i i so something that i had forgotten from the first time that i watched it that i that I did so I did research and then watched the movie that researching that you know he was basically a a failed failed businessman that went on to being a failed businessman mm -hmm. in, his, in his the um em Emily uh, whatever his yeah. wife mm -hmm. um is like she said really bitter things about him mm -hmm. and then I was like oh I I feel like that was left out of the movie, but it wasn't. Mm. It was not left out of the movie that he was like, that he had failed at everything beforehand and had to go. Yeah. Like tried and exploit free labor. Right. right and right. then basically, and then they, you know, it said that also he basically failed at everything afterwards. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like they could have like in the end, as far as his relationship with his wife, it seemed like she just became very silent and just like sort of stood next to him supportingly. And then like that, yeah, that sort of scroll saying like, you know, they, they didn't stay married. And like, you know, there's a world where it could have been interesting to, to like bring more of that tension. Like it, it almost made it feel, you know, it makes it feel a bit easier at the end because it seems like she's also a good person who like thinks what he's mm -hmm. doing is right and so it's surprising when it's like, oh, then the marriage didn't work out is the next like line you see written. Um, but yeah, but like she just sort of becomes like a stoic supporter of like yeah. this person who's become a very good man. So like it is a little bit simplistic and like maybe too good to be true as far as like the way that he's portrayed in the, you know, like the journey he goes on. Um, I mean, it's something that they don't really pass much judgment on is the fact that, you know, he sleeps around on her all the time. Right. And she like sees where, it. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's a, the, the doorman to his building calls, like asks, you know, who she is. Right. And she's like, I'll stay. Do you want me to stay? And he's like, I'd love you to stay. And she goes, can you promise me that no, mm -hmm. no one will ever mistake me for like one of your right. mistresses again. And, because it's like, because if you can promise me that, then I'll stay. Right. Cut to her on a She's train. She's leaving. Yeah. Leaving. Right. Like. Right. I was like, whoa! I do mm -hmm. not remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And then in the end, it's sort of like he just appears and is like, I. 
it won't happen again. And she's sort of like lovingly by his side. Yeah. 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 I mean, but then the movie would have been an extra 30 minutes long. Yeah. So I don't know. know. It's tough. It's tough to say. Um, Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So um, I I don't know. I feel unchanged. I feel like Mm -hmm. uh, Jurassic Park is pretty clear. Sandler's List, I think, it does lead me with a larger conversation of like, you know, you obviously have to start somewhere. So where do you start? Mm -hmm. If you don't start in the right place, then you're not going to get more movies greenlit in the future. You know, it did an undeniable good. Mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm imagining like if we didn't have this movie, the movies about World War Two, most I mean, maybe another movie would be made that was as that was like this but like every other so many other world war ii movies are about like the american soldiers right like d-day going on you know yeah yeah and like i just think we like absolutely need this movie Mm -hmm. and yeah maybe it's imperfect but i mean it is imperfect but right yeah but yeah so i still i feel unchanged as well dope um keeping them both keeping them both i didn't write i was like i can't I can't put this in a haiku, to be honest, or like so to say anything that doesn't feel. I just had such a hard time watching this. Like it was, I had to stop it several times and like made me cry a bunch. And I just like, and you're, I'm gonna keep talking, vamping while you come up with your own haiku because I can see this is happening. And I didn't want to make light of anything or whatever. Go for it. What you got? I have no haiku. The movie is too serious. <laughs> Give it to you. Schindler's List. Oh, yeah. I was going to do a misdirection. Uh-huh. Dino. And go, well, no, no, I was going to do a misdirection about like, you know, I have no haiku. This movie, this movie is too serious. Mm-hmm. You did that. Jurassic Park, man. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Comedic yeah. misdirection. Right, right. And then I, in the, in the heat of the moment, yeah, you in the heat going. of the recording <laughs> moment, I thought... Schindler's Schindler, List yep. and Jurassic Park and Sandra yep. So there you go. So I fucked up. <laughs> really averages out the whole Mark's moment. <laughs> so fucking dumbass Thanks, over Mark. here, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank hey, you for listening. Christo. Next week we'll be back with, um, oh, oh yeah. yeah. What is it? No, Lion King Lion and right? Forrest Gump. Yeah, they just baby. keep coming in this way. They're diverging. Yes, indeed. Yeah, um, see ya. I am. We are. Should we keep this? You can follow us at Should We Keep This on Instagram. You can follow us at Oop New Twitter ooh, handle. Oh, SWKT Podcast. Whoa, I like it. Yes, I think it's sleek. I think it's sexy. I think it is not a bastardization of our actual name, name which I is what our previous Twitter handle was. Ooh, so I didn't even SWKT know we had Twitter. Podcast. Why were you talking about this? <laughs> la, this la, is a la. private conversation for us to la, have. La. It's funny. Where it's I great. shame you. <laughs> um, now everyone can shame me on Twitter. Yeah. Shame me on Twitter. Preferably Twitter. Hashtag shame, shame Twitter. Gina. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and yeah. then also follow Rock Rising. Whoop, whoop. Whoop. I'm Stephen Moskis, wherever Stephen Moskis are sold. And Gina, the Withag. And hold on to your butts. Underscore Withag. Yeah. Hold on to your butts. Bye. <laughs> that was such a great line. Oh, I wasn't going to like No, talk great, great. I appreciate it. It's just awkward when it's like, we're ending, but it's um, Samuel L. Jackson.
This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram, and if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.